Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Billy Carter building in beautiful Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Far from the beaten path lies a friendly little inn. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Tonight's topic... Mountaintop Motel Massacre, starring a bunch of people you never heard of. <laughs> Truth. You've never heard of before and never will again. <laughs> Which is going to make the apes game a little difficult, but... We'll, we'll see we'll when we see get there. We'll see what we can do, yeah. <laughs> this one is, um... Well, it came out in, depending on where you saw it, it came out in 83 and then again in 86. Oh, uh, eighty three had two releases. Well, eighty three and eighty four, I think. Um, I think I'm right on that. And then in eighty six, uh, the drive in circuit, the grindhouse circuit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it came out under three different titles. Okay. It was originally made in in eighty three and released in eighty three as Mountaintop Motel. Who the hell was going to see that? Hey. Then it was re released in eighty four in a different region in the United States mm-hmm. as Horror. At uh, Mountaintop Motel. And then New World, Corman picked it up for distribution. Ah, in that 86 explains the good name. And changed it to Mountaintop Motel Massacre and commissioned some new poster art, too. Ah, alliteration yeah. for the win. And Massacre. I mean, and you know. Massacre, <laughs> so, right. And Corman. So and Corman. Go. So, yeah. So then it played uh, for a little while and then was promptly forgotten until DVD release. And, well, it, VHS release. Right. So Corman had nothing to do with this film except for he distributed Just it. Just distributed later. it, yeah, on a, th- on a third release. Okay. Gotcha. And probably a few, you know, the original video release, I imagine. Yeah. You know. Right. I, I know it's no one we've ever heard of, but do you want to run <laughs> through anybody that's mm. in this movie? Well, actually, the the one guy, is it Bill Thurman, I think's his name. What did he play? He played, he was the uh, the Reverend. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. Yeah. He's been in qu- actually quite a bit of stuff, but he's one of those guys you're like, he kind of looks familiar. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I saw him. He looked a little familiar, but I had yeah. no idea what I might have seen him um, from. The guy that played, played Al mm-hmm. has been in two things. Okay. Crenshaw. This was his only appearance. Oh, wow. He was a baggage handler for Delta Airlines. And he's the producer, the director saw him and convinced him to be in the film. That's <laughs> so funny. And he's one of the best actors in the film. He really is. Yeah, it's I natural. I think it's just because, yeah, he's just so natural. natural. He's yeah. just kind of there doing uh, his thing. Yeah, everybody else may have done a few things here and there, but mm-hmm. not much. So, yeah, so it's a cast of virtually unknowns. Yeah. And it's this little quickie slasher film. Yeah. From the 80s. That's right. Well, and it it turns into something different than it seemed like it was starting. At the beginning, it kind of seems like it's going to be some kind of satanic type thing, you know, yeah. because the the Lori is the daughter of the lady who Evelyn who runs the motel. Yeah. Well, it starts out we find out we get a little card on the screen that mm-hmm. shows and says something about Evelyn being in a mental institution for a right. while and she's been released. And she's back to running her the mountaintop motel that she used to run, I guess, with her husband. Right. But the husband is now dead. Yeah. And their young daughter, who could be 14, could be 18. We It's hard to tell. Seems, yeah, 14 is probably, probably a little right. stunted in her yeah. uh, 
growth there mental mentally. But uh, we find Evelyn is out working in the garden. Yep, and Lori is in the house putting a what seems to be a noose around a bunny rabbit's neck, but That's it turns out to be a bow rope or something out of rope. Yeah, very weird. And we get her uh, voiceover talking to a picture of her dad and saying mm-hmm. the mom might have to go back to the hospital because she's been acting weird. Yeah, but she tells me if I say anything, she'll get me. Yeah, and then you're out in the garden with Evelyn and she's kills this rabbit who's eating the... I don't think it was the, a rabbit. It was like a hamster. Not a hamster, but like a... I don't know what it was. But anyway, it wasn't a rabbit. Whatever. A little rodent that was <laughs> eating in the garden. And we would go back inside to Lori, and she's in the basement or the cellar or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, and one, she's of got those, a little, it's one of those tunnels. Yeah, but she's yeah. got a little... Well, we don't know it's tunnels yet. Well, I know, but yeah. yeah. But she's got this, like, satanic shrine. She's calling on the, what, Master of Darkness or something. I forget how she yeah, said it. She's trying her. to summon. Yeah. And she uh, wants answers or something. Yeah. Yeah. And... So then her mom comes down there and flips out because she's worshiping Satan and starts hacking everything up with this uh, sickle. Yeah. This hand sickle blade. And then she whips around real quick and slits her daughter's throat. Yeah. No, on on accident. I mean, she's... We think. We think. I mean, she's... She's hacking everything up. She's just, she's just flailing around yeah. with that thing all over the place. And it seems like it was an accident because as soon as it happens, she like stops. Yeah. But maybe it was just her being psycho and being she crazy. meant to do it. Who knows? So she convinces the sheriff and the paramedics and all that it it was an accident. In the garden. In the garden, mm-hmm. the way it happened. And uh, so they take the body away and she's left there to run the motel. Yep. Now the movie starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, yeah. Well, you, we think that she's convinced everybody. The sheriff goes away. But then, of course, at Lori's funeral, the sheriff is there. And I, I think he's a little suspicious, but nothing happens. Although well, she has the, a history, so he's got to be on the lookout. Yeah. You know. And at the funeral, she there's not many people there, but the people in attendance, she keeps hearing voices in her head saying, my mama thinks you're crazy and yeah. you know stuff like that. Like she's hearing what they're thinking and they're all thinking bad things about her. Paranoid much? Right. So anyway, yes, yeah. movie begins and she is back at the motel and she's, the reverend is a friend of the family. And a lodger at the motel. And yes, and at the Because it's motel. cheap and he's broke, basically. Right. Yes. And the motel, we say motel, this is like these little cabins. Well, what it was, it was actually a, terrible. A, uh, filmed in an abandoned like fishing camp or whatever you oh, want to call okay. it. Oh, okay. On well, a they, side of this mountain. That's what it was. So they turned it, it into like a... It was definitely abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, this place looks terrible. I would well, never want to stay Well, for $7 a night. I, yeah, $7 a night in <laughs> 19... What was it? In 83, they were charged $7 a night to stay in. The, well, you couldn't charge more. I mean, you know... I mean, the place was really run down. Yeah. The outside of the... The inside didn't look as bad as the outside. The outside, yeah. like, there were these just shacks falling apart. I mean, apart. they were falling apart. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway... So then you meet a few of the guests that are going to show up before well, the, the rainstorm starts. Yeah. And there's You meet the Reverend, mm-hmm. and then you meet a Crenshaw shows yeah, up. Yeah, Crenshaw shows Handyman up. shows up, and he's... Melvin Crenshaw. Melvin, right? Melvin. He's kind of <laughs> looking out on the road, looking for work, and short on funds, too. So that's why he's staying there. And then this couple, who apparently is a young couple, couldn't be more than 21, 22, yeah. just, got, just married, got married. And they are going to stay there, and... First, the girlfriend is like, here, are you crazy? He's like, you know, I can't afford anything else. I don't have much money. She's like, okay, it's all right. Yeah, so then they get checked in. And when uh, Crenshaw shows up, 
to get checked in. Evelyn is very, she's still kind of almost, I don't know, in a daze in from shock. the funeral. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's the same day or the next day, I but it's know. very, it's, yeah. it's within a day or two. And she just kind of seems very out of it and not really with it. She basically hands him the key and tells him what number it is and that's it. Yeah. And takes the money. And then when the the young couple comes in, she's, she's a little more, more animated. Yeah, she, yeah. And she's, oh, well, you're just married. Well, that's great, you know. Tell your little wife I'll have a surprise for you. And then, let's see, who comes in next? And then, then the two girls out on the highway. Yeah. Two girls their on the highway. Their car gets stuck just off the road. Tanya and Prissy, right? Prissy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tanya. This is my cousin, Prissy. And, um, and since they're stranded on the side of the road, then we meet Al. Al. And Al, it seems like he must be rich because he's, I mean, what is this? What'd you say? 83? 83. He's got a, he's got a mobile phone in like his car. Like a big car. Cadillac and a mobile phone in the car. Yeah. And, so he seems yeah. like a, a rich type and dude. He's like a, what, a ad exec or something yeah, like that? Yeah. But he presents himself, these girls say something about music. And so he presents himself as a. The owner, owner of Columbia, Columbia Records. <laughs> And they buy it. <laughs> they totally buy it. So he pulls over to the side of the road to pick them up, and here they are pouring down rain. He's gotten his and they're in, his eight his his um, assistant to tell him where the nearest motel is. Yeah, of course, it's this one because he's like getting tired and can't see to drive real good, so he yeah. just wants to stop somewhere. Right. And the girls standing on the side of the road wearing white t-shirts and, in the pouring rain and no bras, no bras, and it's can chilly see out right there. through them. Oh yeah. So he he picks them up. Which I want to point out, that is like the promise of something great to come. Yeah, right. And it doesn't deliver. It does not deliver. More on that later. Yeah. Anyhow, he gets checked in. Of course, they get the, <laughs> I laughed at this too, because when they got in the car, they had nothing with them. And I thought, those idiots just left everything in the car. Yeah. Their purses, their bags, everything. Yeah, nothing. They just got in the car with nothing. And so they get there and, and Tanya says, oh, no. I left the purse in the car. And he says, oh, don't worry. You can stay with me. You want to audition anyway, don't you? Because yeah. they were trying to audition for Columbia Records. <laughs> and he says, like, yeah, okay. can, can we audition? He says, all night long. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not sleazy about it. No, he was pretty matter of fact. Yeah, it's just matter of fact. It's like, hey, you, you girls want to? I want to, you know. Yeah. And he could have been played sleazy. You know, yeah. but the guy wasn't real sleazy. No. He had a I goofy mean, mustache, but. He did have a little you know. goofy mustache. But, you know, actually, he comes across as a really decent guy, other than yeah. the fact he's lying to get laid. But, yeah. you know. Oh, and that's right. Because as soon as he pulls up now, okay, everybody's there, but shit starts to happen before they get there. Oh, that's right. And it's weird because the first thing is Evelyn has put a snake or some snakes in the the honeymoon couple's room yeah and one of the snakes bites the gal in the face yes so as al's coming up the wife runs out there and says i need help i need help my husband's been bitten by a snake i've got to get him to the hospital he said well you can't go down the road tree fell on the road we can't go back yeah he said but i'll call i have a phone in my car because yeah. power went out at the motel right and well yeah since she had no no phone service yeah. so he right. calls and leaves a message with the sheriff to get some help to mm -hmm. Because the guy's been bitten by a snake. That's lethal. That's pretty lethal. Yeah. But then the next couple things that happen, she, she, the way she gets in the rooms, we, I think we said a minute ago, there's a series of tunnels under the motel going to each room and it comes up in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I mean, and 
I don't know why these tunnels would be there other than for something nefarious. Yeah. Because what the hell would they be yeah, I don't for? think it's, nothing is ever said at the beginning about there being tunnels. All of a sudden we just discover there's tunnels there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it turns out, I believe, that the little girl Lori at the beginning was in one of those. Yeah, but... But we didn't know that Yeah, but I'm was. saying, but it's never said that they're tunnels. No. No, I but mean, it's obvious. Yeah. I just thought that that, because it was in the main house. Yeah. I thought that was their cellar. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of houses used to have right, cellars. Right. You know. But there's trap doors in every one of the cabins. In the bathroom. In the bathroom where she can yeah. pop up in there. So, so in the reverend's yeah. room, she re- releases a bunch of rats. Right. Which, they're not poisonous. They don't attack the guy. Yeah. So there's an annoyance. I mean, you might need a shot, but <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. And then in Crenshaw's room... She releases a bunch of roaches. Yeah, but I couldn't watch that. Yeah, That's and they gross. just go all over the place. And he's just like, God damn, roaches. And he steps on them and all yeah. that stuff and beats them all. You they know. should call this the Roach Motel. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> they're not like in the creep show where they, you know, eat the guy alive. Right. They're just annoying and nasty. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, why is she even doing this? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing lethal. It's nothing super nefarious. It's just like mischievous. Right. I mean, then, maybe it's biblical. Maybe it's the plagues. Right. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Well, maybe so. I mean, she's very religious. Yeah. You know, she's got And it the probably Bible does have some, but it doesn't come across. It. Right, yeah. Unless we miss something. I think we were watching it we pretty were, close. We were watching it. I don't know. So then the last one is the Al and, and Tanya and Prissy Now we got in. something. Now something's happening. Yeah. So now they've checked in and she's, they're all wet. So he gives them a t-shirt yeah. to wear and they go change and come out in panties and t-shirts and, you Ooh. know, he they sing for him. And then afterwards, he praises them how good they are. And, of course, Tanya jumps right into bed with him. And Prissy's, like, storms into the bathroom because she doesn't want to have yeah. anything to do with this this casting couch thing. And, so, uh, <laughs> this is my, one of my favorite parts in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Tanya goes back into the bathroom to talk to Prissy. Mm-hmm. And then Al gets up and is listening at the door. And she says, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. She says, look. Tanya says this. Yeah, he, he could be, you know, it's probably a big phone. He says, well, she says, if there's the smallest chance of me getting out of here and being successful, I'm going to jump on it. And then shows that side of the door. Al goes, snaps his fingers like, yeah, goes back and jumps in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, sure enough, Tanya comes out, jumps into bed with him. They start making out. And she keeps, she says, I feel bad about Prissy. And he's like, oh, she's fine. And then he kind of leans up and he can hear something, you know, somebody yeah. shuffling around in the bathroom. Well, unbeknownst to them, what has Evelyn happened, what has, happened was yeah, Evelyn has come up in the bathroom from the trap door with her sickle blade. Yeah, behind Prissy, and, and Prissy doesn't see her Slashed her across yet. the face and the throat. Yep, and, and then takes the body away. Apparently, yeah, down through the trap door. Yes. So now Tanya and Al get it, and they're like, "She says I'm going to go check on her," or he says, "I'm going to check on her." She says, "I'm going to go too," which is two steps away from the bathroom door. And he door. gets up out of the bed. He's got his underwear on. He puts on pants. To go from the bed. To the bathroom door. Yeah, five feet to the bathroom door. (laughs) Anyhow, so they knock on the door. Nobody answers, of course. Eventually they get in and realize that there's blood everywhere. So Tanya starts freaking out. Yeah. And and Al's like, I've got to go warn everybody. Something's going on here. So he systematically goes to each room and warns everybody. Yeah, and he's convinced that somebody came in the front door while they were making out, killed her, and yeah. took her out again. Because the window is shut and yeah. locked. You know, there's nowhere to get in and out of the bathroom. No evidence of it. Yeah. Of course, there's no blood dragged across the floor either. So right. whatever. I don't, I don't know anyway. what he was thinking. They weren't putting all the pieces together, but that's okay. Anyhow, so yeah, he starts going out and warning everybody. And eventually... Uh, Oh, Crenshaw, he's like, I'm not staying here with, what did he say, rats? Because he saw the other guy. Rats and roaches and 
he said, I'm going to go sleep in my truck. Done it before. I could do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he said. He's got like that little model of him talking to himself about yeah, it. It's really pretty good. good. Yeah. <laughs> and he says something like, um, the only thing about sleeping in the truck, truck don't got no crapper. Yeah. <laughs> so he puts down his stuff and he goes he to goes the to bathroom. He goes to sit on the toilet. <laughs> and about that time, Evelyn pops the lid on the thing coming up in the bathroom and he sees it and slams it down. And he's a carpenter. Yeah. So his toolbox is right at the door there. So he grabs a hammer while he's sitting on a crapper. Yeah. Grabs hammer nails and nails the thing shut. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ain't nobody coming up to get me. <laughs> so Al comes back around and, you know, tells him, you know, we, we gotta we gotta go check this out. And he's like, I found out where they're coming in from. And so they start going to the different cabins and nailing, nailing trap the trap shut. doors shut. And they go to the office and do the same thing. And Al's like, we're gonna have to go down there after her. It's either her or us. And <laughs> Grinshaw says we have to go down there. Why don't we just wait for the police to come and get her? Yeah, let them go down there after. <laughs> yeah. And then Al says, we can't wait that long. And Crenshaw says, we got to go down there after. We have to. And get my ass killed by some old crazy white woman. <laughs> A crazy old white <laughs> crazy woman. Crazy old white woman. <laughs> now, m- me thinking logically, I would have said, okay, look, that's how she's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Why don't we all get in one cabin? Yeah. You know, we've got the thing nailed shut. She can't come in the front door. It'll be all of us there. Yeah, that, that's just me. I mean, it makes logical sense to me. And if she does come up from the trap door, even if it mm-hmm. wasn't nailed shut, I mean, you're all there. Yeah. So, so anyhow. So she gets everybody else one by one. She gets the... Um, she with, goes into the young couple's room, the, the newlyweds, kills both of them. With the sickle blade, slashes the sickle. them. Which actually, the effect of getting the Oh, that the bride, one was good, yeah was right through her cheek, both cheeks and her mouth, and she, uh, you know, going one in at one side and out the other. Yeah. And that was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. And it was shown quickly, too. It didn't mm-hmm. linger on it. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was nice. Um, She gets the reverend, just, what she, oh, she, put, <laughs> this is funny. She comes overhead to go in, you know, down in his chest, and when he turns around, the sickle blade is upside down like somebody had come an uppercut into his yeah. chest. So. Just a little backwards. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, so then uh, Tanya is is locked herself. Al told her, go go get in my car, lock my, lock yourself in my car. And if I don't come back in five minutes, then take off. Yeah. And, you know, he can't, she can't get past the tree that's down. It's the put only the car in the woods and just run. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, she's locked herself in the car. And Al and, and Crenshaw decide they're going to start at opposite ends of the tunnel from different cabins and, and they should meet each other in 30 seconds. Yeah. And, Crenshaw's got a hammer and a flashlight, and Al's got a crowbar and a lantern. Apparently, this tunnel's huge. Yeah, it must be. Because they never meet, and it's not that much distance between the cabins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't know what happened there, but regardless. But about um, that time, the sheriff shows yes. up. He runs into the block tree and gets out and walks the rest of the way. Yep, and then he comes upon Tanya in the car. Gets her out of the car, back into a cabin, and he goes down the tunnel. And on, while that's happening, then poor Crenshaw. Evelyn cuts his hand off and then puts it, what, in his forehead or face yeah, or something? I can't remember. Kills she him. kills him. I was really sad. I, I, thought, was, I was rooting for Crenshaw to make it. Me too. I mean, Al's a good guy and, you know, it'd be good if he made it, but I really yeah. wanted Crenshaw to make it. He, well, he was, was the most natural good. of all the characters. That's the right. He was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, Crenshaw didn't make it. So then Al, you know, he's like, we don't... he's down there. Well, he's down there and he sees a light at the end of a tunnel or something. So he cuts his And he cuts his light off, off and that light goes off too. Yeah. And then we don't see him for a little bit. Yeah. And then the sheriff is down there and 
he finds the he finds all the, the bodies, bodies, and he ends up finding Evelyn, and they do get out. And her kill is pretty cool. Yeah, the way the way she gets it. Yeah, all oh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'll but leave that, that one alone. That little little struggle there was yeah. was pretty good. I like that a lot. And um. Then the sheriff comes back up more like, what the hell happened to Al? Is Al going to spring up and be crazy now? I mean, yeah, yeah, he didn't, right? Or did he die and we missed it? What happened? Did we blink and they didn't show it or what? And then the sheriff is getting ready, is carrying the girl out of the door and Al shows up at the door rubbing his head. He said, yeah, I bumped my head when I heard the gunshot and uh, got knocked out or something. Yeah. So they all pile into the to Al's car and drive down to the tree and then they switch over to the sheriff's car on the other side of the tree. Yeah. Now this is this is where it gets a little weird. We see It's been weird. Well, I know, but I but mean But this was really we, yeah. Not weird, but it gets like, what? We see Lori as a dead girl with dark eyes mm-hmm. out in the field walking, a couple shots and it's like and then nothing. Yeah, so we're like, wait, Lori's dead. Was but, that her ghost? Yeah, but why why, why is it even there? It? It, it had no place. I have no idea. And Tanya in the sheriff's car her makeup is she has really dark circles around her yeah. eyes and is really pale. So I'm, you're thinking, oh, is she going to now flip out and start going after everybody? And yeah. No, they just drive off they and just drive, yeah. the credits roll. That's right. So you have no idea yeah. what, what happens after that. But Now, for, yeah, for a low budget, ending. nothing film, it was shot pretty well. Yeah. The print we saw, we watched it on, uh, was it Tubi? I think so. On yeah. the Roku yes, there yes, that was. all the kids like. <laughs> and uh, the print was a little dark. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching it again on, because I think it's been released on Blu-ray, actually. Hmm. Uh, I would not mind watching it again, a good, clean print. Yeah, maybe so. You know? But like I said, this one was a little dark. But it had some nice shots in it. It did. It didn't seem as amateurish as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there were a few. Like, the one shot that I liked a lot, there's scenes of, of people looking at Lori's bedroom. And Lori, by the way, was... She was something else. She had all these creepy ass dolls and stuffed, stuffed like taxidermy type animals. Yeah. And, it was and drawings. Yeah. Oh, and her mother had hung her drawings in oh, all of the cabins. Yeah. It was kind of well, weird. That was a little creepy and that weird. That was too. weird. It had an overall creepy vibe as far as the setting. Yeah. True. And the set dressing, the way everything. It did feel like it was a rundown shit motel. Yeah. You oh, know? but what I was saying yes. is that one, that one scene where. They're looking in Lori's room and the way they pulled back from the shot and the way the oh, lighting well, moves. Yeah, well, it, was, it was his flashlight well, and he's right. walking away, but yeah. Yeah, so the, it, it hits these weird shadows on all the creepy dolls and stuff and it reflects onto the wall and it was really, really that cool was, looking. Yeah, that was really cool and creepy and I, th- you know, I wish they would have done that a couple more times throughout the film. Yeah. You know, not a lot, but... A, Two uh, two more times just to emphasize that creep factor there. Yeah. Because it was real effective. It was. And it, it's a nothing effect. I mean, right. you know. Yeah, it looked really cool. Yeah. I mean, and you really, at least I, kind of wondered in parts, you know, was, was some of this supposed to be some kind of supernatural ghostly thing? Was Lori really whispering to her mother the whole time after she had died? Yeah. Or was, her mother or was it just her crazy. mother? Yeah, because, I mean, she was in the psychiatric ward yeah. or whatever. So. I don't know. It you can leave that up to your own imagination or determination or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I I enjoyed the movie. I yeah. thought it was fun. It was definitely interesting. Had some some cool stuff to see. So it was a good a good movie as far as you know, fun to watch. It kept me interested. Yeah, there it was, wasn't high art. No, but... there were a few moments here and there where you know you want to scream at the screen, but that's always a good time. Well, that's just for people being stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, but it was not. 
uh, ineptly made. No, it was like I said, it was shot well. It, the direction was was you know good. The mm-hmm. some of the actors were pretty good and natural, mm-hmm. and some of them were not. Right. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, the people in this were better than some that I have seen in many other films. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't complain too much there. Anyhow, so yeah, I think you should watch it and see what you think. It's on Tubi. It's easy to find. Yeah, and like I said, I think I read that it had been released on Blu-ray. It means it's probably been released on DVD before that. Right. And of course, VHS. Where, you know, where this fits in, in the slasher genre, it's kind of weird. Because it's kind of like a Friday the 13th, because it's at a backwoods camp, more or less. Yeah, it's of. a motel, but it's right. like it's like you know a camp in the woods, mm-hmm. and it's but it's not that it's like down a couple levels. Like you know, the burning mm-hmm. is under that Friday Thirteenth, but that's a bit a lot more well known than this is. Right. Savini did the effects for that, by the way, oh, okay. and it has a couple names in it. I think Fisher Stevens and a couple others. I think, but this is one of those that just uh, you know kind of flies under the radar and gets lost yeah i had never seen it you hadn't either right until no i'd never today. seen it and i and i want to say i had heard of it but in one ear and out the other kind of heard of it it's yeah. not one that had lingered right you know like new york ripper which we had started to watch and was not interested yeah. at all today yeah i don't yeah. know if it was today or the movie itself but i, I might have to give it another shot so, yeah but it, it was really kind of boring yeah I had no and, well, not so much boring. It was just kind of dull, which yeah. is a cardinal sin of any film. Right. Even one of the best made films, you know, director, actors, production. If it's dull, it's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like I was going to say, the New York Ripper is one I've heard of for years. And I was like, okay, one day I need to get around watching that. This one, I don't remember hearing about it like that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, you know, we've been struggling with what to do this episode on, so we've been watching a lot of things <laughs> recently. Yeah, and we may come back to a couple of them. We started with some some 50s sci-fi the other night. Yeah. What do we watch? War of the Satellites? Yes. And uh, The Lost Missile Missile? <laughs> <laughs> the name of the movie is The Lost Missile, but on, was it Tubi? I think yeah, it's the poster Tubi. of this on Tubi has The Lost Missile, and it has the word missile again underneath it, like yeah. they... Like they fudge the poster somehow yeah, so the name of the movie i really thought was the lost missile missile and you know what it's much better when it's called the lost yeah. missile missile <laughs> and we may come back and talk about those two and maybe do a third like we've done some triple bills before because yeah, there's not a lot to talk about there but it, i mean we watched them and they yeah they were interesting they worth seeing but we you know we probably get about you know 20 minutes out of it, maybe yeah. each one, yeah, maybe we'll 15 to, minutes. We'll have to come back to those. And then we watched, oh, what was the other one we watched today with the artist guy? Oh, we watched um, Driller Killer. Oh, right. Which we may come back and talk about that or maybe talk about it with something else because I think there's some stuff to talk about there. But we just weren't feeling it tonight. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? I mean, yeah. Well, we'll go into that in the podcast, yeah. but it definitely wasn't one to talk about Maybe today. We'll, Maybe we'll get through New York Ripper and do a double feature. Yeah, of maybe those so. two, and I don't want to talk about Driller Killer now because I do have some stuff to say about it. I just don't know how much. Right, <laughs> gotcha. So we'll come back to those. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's a uh... mountaintop motel massacre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I want to go back because I vaguely, ah, uh, I can almost see the VHS box in my head, but I, yeah, 
but I can't quite make it. I don't have to go out and look at it. I don't know who released it. If it was like Wizard or Midnight Video, one of those companies like that. It's Yeah, I'd, I'd say check it out. Definitely check it out. Especially if you like that, you know, in the woods slasher genre mm-hmm. uh, and early slasher stuff. Because, you know, 83 is when it was made. Mm-hmm. So that's right when the bulk of the stuff was really starting to come out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Give it a watch. Definitely. I think that's about all we have to say about that. I believe so. So We have one thing left to do. One thing, and that's to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Now, once again, this game is to prove the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Clayton and I discovered that many years ago, much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, which we find this out long before that game came into being, is that you can connect anybody and anything back to Planet of the Apes through a series of steps. Some short steps, some long, and the long ones are kind of fun. So we're going to try to connect somebody, God help us, from this movie back to Planet of the Apes. And and by we, that's totally Rob, Mm because I am terrible at this, especially with completely unknown, unheard of people. So let's connect... You can't connect Crenshaw back to... Wait! Could it possibly be that there's somebody in the world that's not related to Planet of the Apes? Because Crenshaw's never done anything else. Well, no, because I would connect him to somebody from this movie that has, maybe. Well, that's a total cheat. Well, that's the only way you can do it. Unless unless he was a baggage handler of Delta Airlines and Charlton Heston rode Delta flight one time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to do that? Odds are he probably did. <laughs> that's too funny. Oh, no. Okay, so... I don't know. Do Al. Al? Yeah. Okay. I forget his real name. The guy that played Al, his name is Will Mitchell. Okay. Okay. He was in a movie called The Aurora Encounter. Okay. Never heard of it. You you would not have heard of this film. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) In that film was Jack Elam. Okay. Okay. I know that name. I oh, who God, he is. you know Jack Elam. I know I do. Elam. I just, I'm spacing. Jack Elam's film filmography is 208 films. Okay. So who do I know him from? Or what do I know? Well, for our purposes, let's say we'll use Cannonball Run. Ah, okay. Oh, I got to examine her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Gotcha. So Will Mitchell to Aurora Encounter, Jack Elam to Cannonball Run. Okay. Cannonball Run 2, Ricardo Montalban okay. played Jamie Farr's Father of the King. Mm-hmm. Ricardo Montalban was Khan in Star Trek. Shatner in Star Trek to Mark Leonard. Sarek in Star Trek, Mark Leonard to Orko in the Planet Apes TV series. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, like that. Well, you got there. <laughs> I'm I am impressed. Dude, two credits. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you could do Melvin, but you'd have to use somebody from this film, and that's just not fair. Because you're not supposed to use the same film. Too. I'll do some digging. <laughs> do some digging. Well, one day we'll have to see if you can. He might that. have a relative that did something. Oh God! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or Somehow. I will find proof that like Roddy or Chuck or Kim Hunter <laughs> flew Delta Airlines. Somehow. <laughs>
Oh, Lord. Well, oh. once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yes, it does. So go watch the Planet of the Apes movies or the TV show or the cartoon. The originals. Not yeah, we the... just passed Planet of the Apes Day. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then go watch Mountaintop Motel Massacre. <laughs> indeed. Try to say that five times real fast. I'm not going to try. All right. Well, that's about all I got, I guess. How about you? That's it for me. All right. Well, until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. And get my ass killed by some old crazy white woman. No way, Jose.